Good morning and welcome. This is Pastor Lucy Pinter with your daily insights. And today we continue where we stopped yesterday uh, with our divine experience episode. I want to talk about a rat. R-U-T. is described as a habit or a pattern of behavior that has become dull and unproductive, but it's hard to change. And sometimes we get entangled into some mental ruts, into certain ideologies, biases, and stereotypes that we know are wrong, but we find them so hard to break from. You have a business that you know needs you to inject new ideas for it to survive, but you're so stuck to what you're used to that you can't dare to try something new. You have a child that would rather sleep in your bed than their own. You know someone who is going through a hard time and needs someone to talk to, but you'd rather stick to your circle of friends because it's hard to start that conversation. So we find it safer sticking with what we are used to. The truth is, we bring a lot of baggage when we are received into salvation. We come in with wrong thinking, wrong ideologies, but it gets to the point that the Lord has to pull us out of all those rats. Yesterday we left off where Cornelius sent off his servants to go and bring the Apostle Peter to have him after the Lord had commanded him in a vision. And today we are going to continue with this story. And I've just started you off with that introduction about the rats, those mental rats, yeah. And you wonder where I'm going. But listen, from where we stopped, Acts chapter 10 from, from verse 9 says that the next day as they went on their journey and drew near the city, Peter went up on the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. Then he became very hungry and wanted to eat. But while they made ready, he fell into a trance and saw heaven opened and an object like a great sheet bound at the four corners descending to him and led down to the earth. In it were all kinds of four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, creeping things, and birds of the air. And a voice came to him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, Not so, Lord. I've never eaten anything common or unclean. And a voice spoke to him again the second time. What God has cleansed, you must not call common. This was done three times, and the object was taken up into heaven again. Now, while Peter wondered within himself what this vision which he had seen meant, Behold, the man who had been sent from Cornelius had made inquiry for Simon's house and stood before the gate. And they called and asked whether Simon, whose surname was Peter, was lodging there. While Peter thought about the vision, the spirit said to him, Behold, three men are seeking you. Arise, therefore, go down and go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. 
Then Peter went down to the men who had been sent to him from Cornelius and said, Yes, I am he whom you seek. For what reason have you come? And they said, Cornelius, the centurion, a just man who fears God and who has good reputation among the nation of the Jews, was divinely instructed by a holy angel to summon you to his house and to hear words from you. Then he invited them in and lodged them. On the next day, Peter went away with them, and some brethren from Joppa accompanied him. Wow. Mm -hmm. So this narration is set in a time when Jews held the Gentiles in such low regard that no Jew would stand going into a Gentile's home and much less eating with the Gentiles in fear of contracting ceremonial defilement. Jesus had told the disciples before his ascension to go and preach the repentance and forgiveness of sin to all nations. But their century-old Jewish way of thinking made it unthinkable for a Jew to preach the gospel to the Gentiles without them first becoming religious Jews. Yeah? So the first thing we notice in this narration is something that has constantly featured in other episodes. Confirmation. This is God's M.O., you know? His, his style of operation. Whenever the Lord speaks, he provides confirmation for his words. And so we see two men, 30 miles or so apart, being brought together by the same command so that when the purpose of this experience is fulfilled, they would not doubt the source of their command. So Luke, who is the author of this book, presents us with a scene of Peter praying alone on the rooftop, away from the distractions where the Lord gives him this trance we have just read about. And you know, Peter, being a Jew, followed the Jewish dietary laws, you know? If you read Leviticus, you shall not eat this, you shall not, this is, this is unclean, this is unclean. So Peter followed all that. So, <laughs> he had he had in everything he was a Jew like in everything that touched religions so it was it must have been so confusing when the Lord chose to scandalize him with the unholy mixture of the the wild beast the creeping animals and the command to kill and eat without any distinction and these laws kept the Jews separate from the Gentiles there were a strong inducement for them to interact with Gentiles because this would have been risking defilement. You know, the Gentiles never really cared about what they ate, so the Jews had no dealings with them. It was not surprising that Peter refused to eat. Three times, even after the Lord warned him and called him about it, saying, anything the Lord has cleansed, it's clean. Don't call it common. And just when Peter was pondering on this vision, on this trance, and the weird commands, the people Cornelius had sent arrived. And the Bible says that they stood at the gate and inquired. And the Lord said, Behold, there are three men 
that are seeking you, you are going to arise and go down and do not doubt, for I have sent them. And this whole scenario paints the exact situation that the vision was meant to correct. There had been a great lift between the Jews and the Gentiles, but this rift was about to be broken. The Lord had chosen this moment to make clear the purpose of the experience that Peter had just had. It was to change Peter's thinking, to break the barrier that kept the devout non-Jews at the gate, and to use Peter to extend the invitation to the Gentiles so that they may come into the house, so that they may be enjoined to the body of Christ, to the fellowship of believers. And the Bible says that Peter invited them and lodged with them. And on the next day, he went with them. And some of the brethren from Joppa accompanied them. These were now two groups of people who could not have dined together, let alone enter into each other's houses. But by the end of Peter's divine experience, the barrier that had limited him were broken. The things he considered unthinkable because of his culture, people he considered not fit to interact with, all this no longer counted for him. He had new lengths to go. He was compelled to reach further out and to bring those who were considered outsider into the fold of the Lord. And I believe we've all been where Peter was. We have known people we should be reaching out to. People that need to hear about the grace of our Lord. People who need to hear the message of hope that we carry within us. But boundaries that have been set up by traditions, limits that have been forced onto us by cultures, by stereotypes, by unfair biases, have kept us from reaching out to them. But I pray today that we may get this awakening, that we may have this kind of barrier-breaking experience, an experience that will open us to greater things, things that we thought were impossible for us, that these imposed boundaries may be broken, that we may take the word of God where it has not reached before. May the Lord set us free of all carnal shackles, And may we learn to listen and not hesitate when the Lord is communicating. May the Lord give us the grace to receive with open arms those who come to him. Even as he received us with open arms, may we receive the grace to go beyond our boundaries in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. This is Pastor Lucy Painter with your daily insights. And this is Divine Experience, Day 12. Shalom.